Greetings, everybody, from PADT's offices in Tempe, Arizona. It's Monday, March 28th, 2022, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. My name is Eric Miller. I'm your host. And today we're going to go a little fast. Um, I'll be honest. I'll confess just between us. Uh, I was supposed to record this over the weekend, and uh, we did this really fun team building thing. Uh, we went to a local kids' museum, and they piled up these giant, massive piles of sand. And our team built uh, basically a giant sand village. I guess it's a castle with a village inside. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a it was a heck of a lot of fun. But um, being in the Arizona sun from around eight to two o'clock completely wiped us out, including me. And I was dead Sunday, so I just slept, um, and I didn't uh, get a chance to record this podcast. So it's a little late, and it's going to be a little short, but uh, we'll cover the main bits. So let's go ahead and get started. We'll jump right to our interview, and today we've got Alexander with us, who is one of PADT's uh, electromagnetics experts, and we're going to talk about what's new in the 2022 R1 release of uh, HFSS and Maxwell. Welcome, everybody, to another discussion with Alex. Um, we're going to talk about um, high-frequency and low-frequency electromagnetics in 2022 R1. So um, you, you were just telling me that you just finished giving the webinar, so this is fresh in your mind, right? Yes, Eric, that's true. That's true. <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, welcome. Um, you know, I think most of our listeners know who you are, but let's go ahead and uh, every once in a while want to take a little bit of a, a break to just, you know, let us know. You know, your background and what you do here at PADT. Yes, absolutely. So, well, my name is Alexander, and I am application engineering um, lead in this case, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, for PDT and um, mostly focusing on high frequency. My mm -hmm. field, um, more SIPI, mm -hmm. signal integrity, power integrity. But, you know, through all the days and times, <laughs> I learned that, <laughs> you know, everything in high frequency is connected. So, at this point, I... I, I do know a lot <laughs> about everything, <laughs> even low frequency at this point. Yeah, so not an expert, but I still have uh, good good knowledge in, enough to um, conversate. <laughs> um, but my background is basically um, I came back. I came from uh, EMC laboratory from Rolla, Missouri, mm -hmm. and that's uh, in in EMC world is pretty famous lab, um, and so known for for good 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 minds and good research <laughs> so great great well and we really appreciate it because uh if anybody's listened to the podcast before knows i'm i'm not an electromagnetics person so um you helping and translate this stuff is is very useful not just for the people who are using the the electromagnetic tools but for those of us on the mechanical or fluid side who need to understand what's available and how we can use them so always always appreciate your time on these so we're talking about the the latest release. Here we are in a new year and a new release of ANSYS. So let's let's start with the high frequency stuff. What's your what's your favorite thing that you think people should know about in the uh, the world of HFSS? Right, right. So overall, well, yeah, world of HFSS. It's a really big world. Big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, like this webinar which I had. It was a fifty five slides, and it was a short version of it. So. <laughs> So um, the most exciting things is, is again, you know, HFSS engineers and developer, developers are trying to, you know, improve the accuracy and um, time consumption, of course, memory consumption, everything, every time, every release, there is a lot of work done in that area. 
And you know, one way to do it is actually to optimize the measure. And so, uh, well, maybe listeners remember I've been talking about mesh fusion on the previous releases and podcasts. It, it's it's still you know more improvements on that side mesh fusion. Now the new technology which to be introduced is a called phi, uh, phi plus measure mm-hmm. because it used to be phi measure uh, and classic measure and there's also tau measure. Now phi plus so now we trying to uh, conquer the world of chips and bond uh-huh. wires. Yeah, on a system level that kind of stuff. So when you have a layout, right? So you have a PCB. It's a structured uh, layered board. Now you place IC. Now well, you can put packages there. Now you're connecting ICs in the packages in the, you know through the bond wires and lead frames and everything. So now with the fee plus measure, you should be able to just have like I don't like call it easy button, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's kind of is. You select that, and uh, it is trying to figure out the mesh for the whole structure. You know, bond wires. 3D uh, components like ICs, packages, uh, 2.5D structures like planner, uh, PCB layers, everything. So, and that's technically helps to reduce the time and still bring more accurate solutions. So that's that's what I'm leading it with <laughs> at this Good. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big, big thing. Um, are they naming the meshers like viruses? Or are they using the Greek alphabet to work their way through? <laughs> it looks like it. <laughs> the Omicron mesher. <laughs> like, oh, that doesn't make me feel good anymore. Well, that right. that's cool. And I think it's really important. And, um, you know, if you if you really think about it, um, and we've dealt with this on the mechanical side, is the problem with these kind of electronics packages is you have very, very small features and relatively large features all in the same model. And so this seems to be really helping you get the right mesh in the right place. Right, right, yeah. And it's, it's just, and it's, it is measure, but it's not mm-hmm. just a measure, right? You know, mm-hmm. like it's a faster technology and everything. So that's why they, they, they're mm-hmm. saying it's not really just only about meshing at this point. It's all improving the whole performance of the HFSS because it's, you know, faster convergence. It means you have smaller final mesh you you know leading to the faster sweep so everything is getting faster more accurate and you you you're basically trying to conquer the new space right so mm-hmm. the, the complexity of the boards and structures are incredible at this point yeah and getting more complicated that's it's not going the other direction <laughs> no, yep exactly <laughs> <laughs> well cool cool so that's exciting and it's going to really help users a lot um and get get more more accurate simulation. So, so what else? And we excited about in that in that world, right? So, you know, once we start, to, you know, I just mentioned sweeping, right? So, sweeping, um, it it used to be just interpolating sweeps. You you know you 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 run different frequency points, mm-hmm. you get results, and then you try to you know correlate or interpolate or something. Now there is a new kind of better feature though, still called broadband fast sweep. So mm-hmm. what it means is basically it's it's taking um, well first of all it's more accurate as as usual uh, takes less time and now what's more important is that it's using you can specify the frequency range which you will be sweeping from so it will not just base your solution on one specific frequency point it actually will pick some more points throughout the band you know broadband so so that's you know it's 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 a little bit more technical in terms of mm-hmm. like um, you know if you have spe- special application for that, 
Um, but at the same time, that that's actually really good news for people who do, let's say, memory chip design, for example. Uh, usually, a lot of um, you know you're looking through the mem the, the frequency range, so you don't just trying to solve point by the point anymore. You're actually trying to figure out the frequency range and and, and see what's inside of that region. Gotcha. So that's could be another uh, good good feature to to mention in this case. That is that is really cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just. Oh, I think you you muted. It looks like I put my elbow on my mute button. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of all the different uh, applications that that has, it's pretty pretty impressive. So, yep. Um, yep. Cool, cool. So, and to just to lead a little bit more into this, you know, I, I promise I'll I will stop talking about this exciting stuff soon. <laughs> but um, again. Uh, mesh fusion itself is actually also leading us to the point of bringing a three components into your project. So it, it has been for a while, this whole technology called three components. So meaning in your GFSS project, you can basically bring, um, let's say inductors or resistors. It's a 3D structures. So you're putting, you assembling it in a GFSS, right? So you bring right. your three components. And so the previously it was designed in uh, decrypted models were mm -hmm. um, allowed in this kind of case. Now then they introduced the encrypted models. Okay. And now there is another level of encryption. It's called fully encrypted models. So basically you you can have as as much secrets <laughs> putting mm -hmm. into this three component as you might want or can imagine. So it's fully encrypted, so it's a like little black box just with the right geometry uh, numbers, so you can actually just place that into your uh, board. So now, how did I trans you know, transition from Mesh Fusion to this? It's because technically that's going to be the same idea of putting the different components, assembling in, in GFSS. Now, specifying the priority of the mesh you wanna, we want to use. So mesh fusion in this case will take the mesh of that 3D component, for example, and use it as a as a more uh, with higher priority, and then based on that, it will adjust the mesh for the whole thing. Gotcha. So so that's that's exciting part about mesh. Again, if you changing the mesh, if you improving the mesh, you're ahead of the game uh, because it's more fast, it's more accurate, uh, less memory being con consumed. So everything it's. Yeah, better and greater. <laughs> that that is cool, and the and the point of the encryption for those that haven't thought about it before is that you you your component is being used by uh, your customers, and you don't want to give them your secret sauce. So you want to send exactly. them an encrypted model that they can that has the I guess in this fully encrypted, it's got the matrix basically, but not the actual mesh visible, and they right. stick that into the solve, um, and so it it has. It's going to calculate correctly, but you can't actually see what's inside, which is pretty freaking cool. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. true. It's it's literally like usually people use the connector as the example mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. connector right. is usually very complicated. Right. And so, like you have special companies, you know, Molex or you know, Amphenol, they have special R and D groups, you know, who are creating this whole secrets. But at the same time, they have to give it away, um, like. At some point, when they design it and give it as the product, final product. So now, can you reverse engineer? Well, maybe, but it's it's, it's going to be a really tough. Now, when you try to do simulations with those components, you're mm -hmm. killing the both you know both birds with the same stone. 
Right. So, so that's that's why encryption is perfect for that application. Love it. Love it. Okay. Well, let, let's let's move on. There's probably more for HFSS, but I want to talk about your area of expertise. Is there new new stuff in in, in power or signal integrity? Well, yeah. There's a, a few few things of those. Um, the the only problem with that. So. Well, I guess it's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so there will be another webinar I'll be conducting. So we okay. decided this year we're actually splitting high frequency, low frequency, and okay. cell integrity, power integrity, splitting on two different webinars. Okay. Then we'll come back and talk about that later then. I like right, that. because okay. I know I have like a, not a ton more slides okay. for that, okay. so I don't want to take up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I understand people love to hear me talking about those things. <laughs> we'll give them a special episode on that. Yeah. Right, right. That's, I'm, and it, I'm thinking like, what COVID is over almost, right? So like the traffic jams are back, so people are still listening in their cars. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And they won't be sad if they get stuck. I can listen to the right. rest of this. Yes. <laughs> well, cool, cool. So, so then. And um, l- let's go ahead and, and talk a little bit about the low frequency side of things. Um, what's what's new and exciting there? Right. So low frequency, it's 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 always a lot. It's it's a different application. Right. It's a lot of different world um, and and lots of different yeah, lots of different problems in that case uh, as, as well. Mm-hmm. So we we used to have Ansys used to have basically a main flagship product as the Maxwell. So right. you 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 hear low frequency. You hear answers, and then you come, you know, finish that picture with the word Maxwell. It's yes. just that. So, of course, there's more improvements in that area. So now there is a new feature for polyphase electrical mm. m- machine ROM. So you basically, um, well, trying to achieve more accurate prediction of the electrical machine design, right? So with this new t- uh, feature technology. And so, and then see how this can be integrated into the entire drive system, including power electronics and everything else. So it, it does help a lot to the you know, system engineers who's trying to develop entire drive system okay. you know, with power electronics and it's all motor, motor stuff. And now, especially when you have multiple phases, it's actually quite a bit, imp- it's important to make sure um, you, you, your motor is work, working really well in that right. case. Because right. yeah, multi, more more phases you have, more <laughs> complications you're gonna get mm-hmm. from that. So there's that new feature in Maxwell. But what what more interesting to talk about actually? Maxwell, of course, been improved. Maxwell, of course, have more uh, uh, enhanced algorithms and meshes and everything. But now there is a tools like a MotoCAD, which has been mm-hmm. acquired maybe a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And let's say up to slang as well, right? So also right. a few years ago, but and it's more already people heard about it a lot more often. Now the thing was that Ansys is trying to bring more multi-physics approach into this whole uh, high frequency, low frequency fields. So now MotorCAD is actually has now, I think it's direct link with the Maxwell. So right. you use MotorCAD to predict the good model of the motor, mm-hmm. and it's really intuitive, really straightforward. Even the people who don't know what motors are uh, or how they design it, you just open the MotorCAD and go through the kind of like a wizard-based sort of um, you know page when you specify whatever you're looking for. And it gives you ideas and it gives you suggestions like and tell you, hey, how about this kind of design? Do you like this model? And what you can do with that, you actually just, just bring it into Maxwell with a one click. And okay. so, that actually creates a lot more 
um, entry level um, interaction for the users, right? So people who, let's say, you know, heavy users of Maxwell, they know how to design the motors, but it takes time. Mm-hmm. With MotorCads, you you can kind of you know design something from a template, and then it fix and figure things out on the fly. Or if you are entry level, just fresh grad, and you're not really that sure about what you can do with a Maxwell, for example, well, here it is. You know, fire up MotorCads, right. figure things out, and then bring it to the Maxwell and start looking through this. So it's a little help helpful and it's really easy to use. So that's what I like the integration stuff. Um, and especially yeah, once you start, e- e- you know, even bringing the office lane into this and office lane is the optimization and the parameterization um, analysis tool. So then you, you literally can create the model from the template, then figure out what you're looking for at the end of your optimization and how many variables you want to tweak and just let it, let it, let it do its thing. So, you know, you, you basically come up with a standard motor, but mm-hmm. to achieve your goals, you up and up this lane will right. just figure it, figure things out for you and tell you like, hey, if you change this value, if you put this many windings or something, you will end up with the goal you're trying to figure, you know, you're trying to reach. Gotcha. gotcha. So, yeah, life for motor designers and electrical power and electronics is a lot easier now with these mm-hmm. tools. Yeah, and I, I guess it must be dr- being driven. I guess that's a pun by the uh, automotive industry, right? Electrification in in the automotive yes. industry has got to be caring a lot about optimizing these motors. Where, you know, yep. pe- people designing a a three horsepower motor that sat on a, a you know a concrete block and turned a pump, they didn't really care too much. <laughs> um, but uh, they're probably more worried about reliability than they were about efficiency. And now it seems like right. everything's efficiency now. So that's good to see. Right. Well, and you can think about it this way too. Um, so how many, the first Tesla, right? How many years they took them to do research, yeah. figure things out, get things ready. And then you, you would get in you know, like what, three years or four years waiting list for right. your first Tesla. Right. So, but it has to change because, you know, now yeah. you can see oil prices going crazy. So people right. will go for electrical really soon. Right. Right. And now all the cars, Rivian, you know, our customer, right? So Tesla's and everybody will have to be a lot faster because otherwise it's, it's, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to work out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some, somebody else is going to get there before you, if you don't. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And now actually I, you know, little, little, little story for me. Mm-hmm. So I went to the Harley you know, dealership. Because I was looking for, you know, nice bike, you know, and yes. I got one. <laughs> but uh, congrats. I, yeah, thanks. But I, I, but I didn't know that they actually have really nice e-bikes nowadays. Oh, I didn't I, know that. Yeah, and even Harley. And I was like, well, how, how do you feel about Harley being e-bike? That's a little bit contradictory because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. I was like, oh, guys, come on, let's not pay attention. And then I was waiting. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll I'll click the button. I look around, and I, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, it performs well. Great mm-hmm. power, great motors, great batteries. Everything is amazing. I was like, oh my god. So 
now it's a different game now i mean it's uh <laughs> that's a good good point and um and i, I know there are ansys users at, at harley davidson so that's good to know <laughs> that well good good i'm supporting that, yeah. them <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you're helping pay for their licenses yes yes <laughs> <laughs> good 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 well that that's that's exciting and uh yeah so so what else in the low anything else in the low frequency world or is it just mostly around motor stuff these days um, yeah, motors. There's a uh, toolkit, the motor toolkit as well mm-hmm. for machinery. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of good stuff for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also trying to now bring more HPC powers for the mo- okay. uh, motors as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it, it it takes a while to solve really complicated models, especially if you're trying to do some system level. Mm-hmm. So that's why HPC is being uh, you know heavily pushed. Um, in this case, MPI starts supporting different features and stuff. Um, skew models, for example, or anything like that. Cool. Uh, what's more interesting, actually, one more thing about this mm-hmm. is that we also start bringing more um, concept of the noise vibration and harsh, harshness ah, analysis yes. into very it. Very important. Yeah. Right. It, it is very uh, <laughs> kind of fun area, which if mm-hmm. you don't discover, you could be in a you know muddy waters once you design something, mm-hmm. uh, and it kind of goes along with the temperature analysis being introduced, right. uh, like in elite's wire uh, loss prediction. So and it's actually very similar to what half frequency has right now. It's the uh, two-way thermocoupling. Good. So which means you just you you predict the EM losses, you give that data to the uh, temperature analysis, uh, probably iSpec tool in this case. Um, you give them to develop the um, temperature maps. Then you give this temperature maps back into the you know Maxwell um, to redefine or adjust EM losses, and you can back and forth until you're satisfied with the like accuracy level. And so it, it, again, uh, low frequency goes with the temperature, you know, hand to hand. So that's why it's it's kind of important to have really good uh, feedback temperature in EM losses. So and that's that's a feature now. So it's definitely. Um, user users can can have fun with that too. Good, good. Yeah, it is. It's good stuff. And the the multi physics, of course, is important. And uh, you know, early and the guys getting close on over fifteen years ago, PDT mm-hmm. did some motor design that didn't have um, the the calculation of the vibration and noise. And uh, it turns out it was a really loud motor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't and, want yeah, that. Yeah, and we would have we you know we didn't find out until we built it, right? So this is a classic <laughs> example of simulation being so important. If we had the tools today that we had then, we could have uh, run it very quickly and gone, oh, this thing's gonna it had, had to ha- actually had a resonance um, that was that was right at one of the key um, diameters, and so basically the the back of the it was a sealed motor because it worked in a hydrogen environment, and the the whole back face of the enclosure um, oh, was yeah. <laughs> at at the operating speed resonance, or not not exactly, but it was a like five x or six x or something like that. So it just it mm-hmm. was really annoying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we changed yep. that. We changed that frequency. Um, <laughs> so, but we would have known before we built it uh, with this. So that's good to know. Those tools are there. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to share before we uh, wrap it up? Um. Well, out of all the f- good features, mm-hmm. there's lots of features actually. Yeah. And yeah, like honestly, like any anyone who wants to have, have a little deeper dive into this, mm-hmm. uh, please listen to what I talked about this morning on the webinar. Um. I, I don't know. You. We would have recordings of this. I'm pretty sure it's in the bright talk somewhere. Yes. It'll be a bright um, talk. Yep. Yeah. So it's good. Uh, the only one thing I, I could. 
I would probably just want to mention it's it's the HFS SVR Plus. Okay. Kind of shifting gear back into the high frequency, yes. but this is something which is which is interesting because it's not a traditional application; it's a little different style of application. So SBR Plus shooting box survey, right? So what it what it does is basically you you have um, the bunch of different antennas, transmitters, receivers, and and the idea to use SBR Plus uh, technology is to try to predict how the um, well, Ray is gonna basically mm-hmm. go and and interact with the tra- between transceivers and receivers. So the thing with SBR Plus, it's usually trying to let's say you know lighter systems, right? So like that's the idea because you have it's a little different example, but still like different idea. You you you're trying to see where's the light and how the Ray is gonna look at, at, at everything. Mm-hmm. Now with SBR Plus new adv- <laughs> improvements, I guess we should call it improvements and enhancements. So it got a lot faster. Okay. It got super much faster. <laughs> I, I, it, so the example which I was introducing in a webinar, I mean, I was not part of this, but but uh, you know, I got slides from the um, ANSYS, um, and I actually think I, I saw that paper one during one of the summits actually. So the case which they're describing, it's it has eight transmitters and sixteen receivers. So think about like eight objects basically, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, eight, eight of them are transceiving. So now they also eight of them are receiving, and maybe someone else is also receiving. So like, you know, um, so the thing is, it's basically one twenty-eight channels total, right? Okay. So. You, multiply that because you know everything is interacting to each other mm-hmm. all the different receivers receivers and it's real high frequency it's 77 gigahertz so we're pushing <laughs> what 5g technology and 6g now <laughs> mm-hmm. so and that's a complicated case when you have that, that many channels you're trying to understand how they're going to work and you know understand the angles and uh, versus range it's you know sp- special definitions um kind of like how Let's say a car can see the you know different cars on the road, mm-hmm. autonomous vehicles in this situation, right? right? So um, now the thing is, with that example, with 128 channels at a 77 gigahertz, so we used to be able to you know use SBR plus, which is not really memory consumer, like not the biggest memory consumer because right. it's using the sh- uh, uh, shooting rays. ray tracing, yeah. Uh-huh. So. But but still, you know, it, it was not taking too much memory, but it takes a lot of time to calculate, you know, go from one to another kind of, you know, channel um, analysis. So now it used to do this one problem for hour and 43 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now on the same exact system, exact yep. same example, but now with this new feature uh, uh, called fast, freak, uh, well, I don't even double check. Um, just yeah, don't I don't want to uh, throw get, some names. Get the wrong, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So <laughs> fast frequency loop, right? Okay. So fast frequency loop. So with that feature being on, and that's why you know this whole thing is is very exciting. Um, from one hour forty three minutes, we going down to well, guess uh, guess what range of time? It's it's a seventeen times acceleration, so it's only six wow. minutes. Wow. Six minutes. That's a game changer. That's a <laughs> game is. changer. Yeah. It's 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 kind of crazy. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I'm thinking now that will allow people to do a lot more complicated scenarios. 128 channels for 6 minutes, easy. 
and the system was not too wow. crazy as well. It's only six cores and 64 gigs. Okay. So, you know, I'm thinking if, if you, if, if any of our customers have a crazy scenario when you have, let's say, autonomous vehicle in New York, you know, right. when you have another hundred of other autonomous vehicles driving around, people around uh, right. in the Times Square, uh, you, you have all the different devices around everything. So you should be able to, to simulate everything like that. Yeah, Big it should stuff. be. <laughs> wow, that's a game changer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so instead of a highly controlled situation, you can get into real world situations now with that kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. So that's why I wanted to keep this little 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 feature for the end of this. <laughs> for the end, that's, that's cool. That is really cool. And we're going to see more and more of that, right? I mean, that kind of simulation just going to yes. have to become more and more common. Yeah. yeah well, cool. Wow, that's a lot of good stuff, and and that's just scratching the surface. That's just the top. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so uh, we'll definitely provide information on how to get to Bright Talk to to hear the rest of it, and uh, we'll look forward to learning about the the power and signal integrity stuff when we get to that as well. So yeah, I think it's scheduled for May. So okay. if anyone wants to put things on the calendar, I mean, I have no idea how May look, looks like. I mean, <laughs> in this kind of world, it's is a little crazy, but yeah, who knows? May's a long way away. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So, yeah, but this should be in May somewhere. Okay. Well, great. Well, always appreciate your time um, and educating me and our listeners and letting people get excited about the, the world of, of electromagnetics. And um, like I said, we'll look forward to talking about the next bit. And uh, other than that, enjoy the rest of your week. Absolutely. Well, thanks, thanks, Eric. And then uh, I, I hope that was informative. And, it was. Uh, yes. If anyone who wants to have more discussions, you know, let me know. I will yeah. be happy to help. Yeah, please do reach out, and uh, we obviously like talking about this stuff. So, <laughs> good, 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 good. All right. Well, take care, and we'll talk soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. And as always, uh, we want to thank our wonderful tech support engineers for joining us and taking the time to explain things to me and our listeners. And um, the uh, webinar that he spoke about is available on brighttalk.com. And as always, with all of our webinars, if you go to brighttalk.com and go ahead and just search for PADT, or even ANSYS generally, you will find our webinars, including this one. So please do take advantage of that. And we look forward to learning more about some of the other electromagnetic products through the next couple months here. Um, next thing I want to do is take a look at the news very quickly. So stock-wise, the ANSS stock, as of Monday morning right now, it's uh, 8 o'clock Phoenix time, so the market's been open for a little bit. Um, it's down 21.6% year-to-date. So for the, for the quarter, basically, the, uh, as a reference, the S&P 500 is down 4.7%. So underperforming the uh, benchmark there, but so are all the other stocks that are kind of in our industry of simulation uh, kind of stuff. And um, I'll cover those at the end of the uh, next month when the quarter's over and we'll compare them. But yeah, it seems like uh, this industry is taking a little bit of a beating right now. So we'll just write it out. In news, there's two uh, important stories that I thought uh, would be uh, worth mentioning. One is really important. ANSYS announced that they're making a financial contribution to support uh, Ukrainian refugees. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, a couple episodes ago, they suspended, I think I did, they suspended business operations in Russia and Belarus um, in order to support um, the, the uh, Ukrainians and, and the effort there. So ANSYS no longer doing business right now in those two uh, countries, um, including the channel partners. 
And uh, just now, a couple a couple days ago, they went ahead and made an additional donation to Doctors Without Borders to help refugees, Ukrainian refugees. So ANSYS doing their part in the conflict in Europe, and then um, which which is great, and uh, we're great to see them. And it shows what a what a good company they are in a lot of different ways. Also, two press releases that uh, you should be aware of. They're both about how ANSYS collaborated with customers to come up with better products for the customer. The first one is uh, with Microsoft on chips. And um, they, did a, they did a great job of um, helping Microsoft really streamline their process so they can design their own chips. As you know, the, the pendulum is swinging back to where uh, companies are designing their own chips instead of using other people's chips. Um, and that's why we're seeing the growth of um, foundries as well, so people can make those chips without having their own manufacturing facility. And then also, the other one uh, is how they worked with Vestas, which is the wind turbine company, on their controllers. So if you've been following ANSYS Digital Twins and some of the other stuff, wind turbines have been a great application for that. And, and this goes more into how that control software and the controllers themselves are simulated using ANSYS products. So that's good. PDT-wise, we don't have any news worth sharing. Uh, nothing exciting going on here. Uh, we're just working our way through the end of the quarter here. Um, in our blog, or actually, let me talk about the ANSYS blog first. Um, so one thing uh, that I would really like to point out that kind of um, really got me excited was an article called ANSYS Forming Provides a One-Stop Shop for Metal Stamping. So if you remember, ANSYS acquired um, LS Dyna a few years ago now. Um, and they've been working really hard on a product called ANSYS Forming. And this is a tool that allows you to set up and run LS Dyna, uh, not getting down into the weeds, but from a sheet metal forming perspective, metal stamping perspective. Um, so do take a, take a look at that. Um, even if you don't do a lot of that, you may make products that have sheet metal. It's a pretty cool tool. We've, we've been using LS Dyna here at PADT for, gosh, 20 years to do metal forming. Uh, and we're really excited about this uh, new tool. It's going to make our life a lot easier. So um, we'll try and get somebody on to talk about that in the near future. Um, another one that's near and dear to our heart here at PADT is an update on best practices for gas turbine combustor meshing. It's called Five Best Practices for Gas Turbine Combustor Meshing. If you don't know gas turbines and their combustors, they're probably the most difficult, if not one of the most difficult, um, things to mesh for fluids dynamics because they've got tiny little features and really big features and because you're doing combustion and very complicated turbulent flow the mesh is really sensitive um, and it can be quite large as well so you want to be able to get an efficient mesh in there so you don't have to have too many elements and so it's it's just uh, it's just hard <laughs> and ANSYS has made significant uh, strides in making it easier and easier and one of the things they've done besides making the code better is they've been sharing best practices. So even if you don't do gas turbine combustor meshing, I recommend if you do CFD meshing of any kind, you take a look at five best practices for gas turbine combustor meshing. Some good advice in there. And then the last, um, I, I read it because I like the title, <laughs> but it actually turned out to also be uh, really useful and made me think about some products that we've been working on here at PAT. It's called Replacing Bolts and Screws with Magnets. Wait, what? Um, yeah, so there, in fact, we have a customer that, that makes um, magnetic switches that, that can replace uh, bolts and actually uh, screws and bolts. Um, and there's other applications for it as well. So you can fasten things with these really, really strong magnets. And 
the article goes into some really good detail about how you can use ANSYS Maxwell to see if it's going to work. You know, is, will it have enough uh, force to hold things together uh, over time? So take a look at that. Uh, really useful. On the PDT blog, um, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts recently, we've launched our new website. I hope you all have been enjoying it and checking it out. Uh, some of the really old blog posts got kind of munged. Um, and they were pointing to PDFs that weren't there anymore, or they were pointing to images that weren't there anymore. We fixed, mm, I think all the PDFs have been fixed. So if you go there and, and you know, people are still getting useful information out of 10, 15-year-old articles or five-year-old articles for that matter. Um, and so all those PDFs, we went and made sure all the PDFs were connected. Um, but uh, some images may not be. We'll, we'll work on that over the next couple, couple of weeks. We've moved the blog like four times, and every time it gets a little, little freaky. So we're going to go ahead. So this is a permanent home for a long time and make it stick this time. So um, do let us know if you find something that's not working on the blog. Just shoot an email to info at pdtinc.com. And also, uh, the last article we had was on our Pi Day. So if you uh, haven't read that, do take a look. Um, this year, we, we had our math competition, um, and we also um, gave away some free Pi-related swag. So uh, it was kind of fun. I, it's always one of our favorite events here at PADT. And uh, uh, do check it out, especially if you want to do your own Pi Day at your own company. Um, I've got the quiz that we used. You can reuse it. Feel free to do that. And I've also got some suggestions on some other things you can do for Pi Day as well as some resources and links to go to. So check that out. And um, upcoming events, we've got a webinar on Wednesday here at PADT. And that's going to, it's actually one of these ones where we talk a little bit about um, how to use ANSYS in a specific industry. And um, I'm actually going to our website, our new website, and the events page to make sure I get it right the date and time. It's going to be, it's called Simulation Best Practices for Vehicle Engineering. So it's really for people in the vehicle space. We don't call it automotive anymore because it's expanded into a lot of other areas. And that's going to be on the 30th at 11 o'clock Phoenix time. Also want to let everybody know that we're going to be at the 37th Space Symposium. We're going to be in the Arizona Space Industry booth, and that's from the 4th through the 6th in at the Broadmoor there in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So if you are going to be at the Space Symposium, please do stop by. Please do check out the ANSYS slash AGI booth as well. Some really cool stuff about the integration between, which we talked about in a very recent podcast, the integration between AGI and ANSYS. Um, the next webinar for ANSYS users is going to be on April 6th, and it's called Transforming Digital Engineering with ANSYS Discovery 2022 R1. So we're going to talk about uh, all the cool things you can do with Discovery. And um, that'll be while we're in Colorado Springs. And then another shout out for another conference to please stop by and say hi. Uh, we're going to be at the what is now called IME West. It's Design and Manufacturing West and MDNM West and about four other conferences all thrown into one. That's at the Anaheim Convention Center from the 12th through the 14th. PDT has a booth to highlight our simulation, both ANSYS and our, our consulting services. And I'm going to be hosting um, the day, uh, the Wednesday, one of the panels on, not panel, but the whole uh, session uh, in the conference on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of different topics, including um, a panel that I am hosting as well on uh, doing production with additive manufacturing. So if you're going to be at Anaheim, please stop by and say hi, either in my room or when we're in the booth. And we'll have different people in the booth while we're there. Uh, and then another a webinar to be aware of is Optimizing Engineering Workflow Pulsion Systems Design. And that's going to be on April 12th 
And if you're interested in 3D printing and you're in Texas, the Stratasys uh, bus, uh, we call it that, it's actually a truck, uh, is making its tour, showing off new machines. So instead of uh, you coming to the bus, the uh, 3D printers, we bring the 3D printers to you. It's going to be in Austin on the 7th. And then it's going to be, waiting for the page to update, uh, moving over to Los Alamos on the 12th, Albuquerque on the 13th. This is all April. Flagstaff, Arizona on the 18th, um, and here in Tempe at our headquarters on the 20th. So feel free to uh, stop by and see that. If you just go to our website, our events page, you'll see it and uh, be able to uh, make a reservation to come and see all the cool new equipment that uh, Stratasys makes. They, they used to only make uh, fused deposition modeling and then polyjet, but now they have SLA, um, uh, sterilithography and the new SAF technology, which is kind of like a, a fusing technology, a powder fusing technology. So you should check all those things out. If you're interested in additive manufacturing, is that tr uh, bus makes or truck makes its way around the country. And that I think is pretty much it. Um, covered all the topics. Oh, one last thing. ANSYS has Simulation World coming up on May 18th. Mentioned it in the last podcast. Just uh, go to simulationworld.com and you'll find it. Uh, register. It's virtual again. And uh, lots of good application uh, discussions on how to use ANSYS from uh, less of a technical, you know, what buttons to push and more of a process and getting the most from your investment standpoint. You know, are you using the right ANSYS tools? Are you using them in the right applications? And how do you set uh, processes and tools in place to get the most out of your ANSYS investment? So do check that out. And as always, I want to thank you for listening. Please do spread the word and let others know about the podcast. And if you can, subscribe to whatever podcast tool it is you use to download the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to www.padtinc.com slash opt-in. And that is for our newsletter, um, which you'll get once a month, which uh, gives highlights of everything going on here at PADT. And as always, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 108. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.